0: Ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereof, welcome to the Selective Lorecast, a casual Elder Scrolls podcast. My name is Rotten Deadite, and with me today are...
1: Felix, also known as Banu Masashi, And I'm Andrew, also known as the White war
0: And uh, today we're talking about Sermon 19 and our continuing epic saga of ca- of covering every single damn lesson out there in the 36 lessons of EVEC. Sermon 19, however, is going to be, I suspect, relatively short. Uh, because... And we're done, all right. Hey, all right done. hey, thanks very much for tuning in. Um... <laughs> Uh, want to see us do it again it's uh <laughs> sermon 192, electric get boogaloo get that meme <laughs> with goofy in my head i'll do it i'll fucking do it again um course, and i'll uh, do it again <laughs> uh,
2: yeah um, i was going to i was going a spongebob route but. oh okay ah. uh, uh
0: jesus um so there is a uh there are a few there are some interesting ideas to cover in this i don't know if we're gonna If it's gonna take like 10 minutes but um sermon 19 takes place it's important to note immediately after sermon 18 where vivek uh is forced to confront um her destiny sort of her dharma the um the 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 uh uh uh, not something that vivek was happy with basically um vivek was i suspect before sermon 18 reasonably certain that the that z was going to become like this you know, uh, a, a magnificent power in the universe, possibly even fulfilling the role of the amaranth. Uh, if if the concept was something that Vivek was aware of at the time, I'm not I think I think Vivek kind of like I think he understood that there was something there to happen, something coming. But um, may, you know, as, as in like you know uh the you know um the 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 figure that stands on the horizon, I think is how it's referred to earlier, um and. There's not really a uh, 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 also to, uh, in in also in the in the uh, in the 36 lessons as a as a work as a body of work uh, in its defense. Uh, I don't think Kirkbride knew what the amaranth was then either. I don't think he had a plan for something like that. That was I, or if if he did, it wasn't. I don't know if it was well defined as of yet. Um, And, uh, although I could be wrong, I know for a fact that, uh, these, the second Amaranth, the first Amaranth hunt, where we were looking for the layer underneath, uh, um, uh, the Godhead, the, the, there's the Godhead Amaranth, and then there's the Godhead Dreamer, and then there's the second Dreamer, the, which turned out to be Anu, that, that whole search was something that, uh, Kirkbride invented, um, like, kind of like on the spot. (laughs) sort of uh and uh it wasn't something that he realized was there when he was writing the material and then later on in review he went oh shit this is a great coincidence um and i yeah but so i'm not entirely sure that the amaranth existed during the 36 lessons of vivek but uh i think probably he had sort of an idea of it um
2: yeah well one well, the and, fact that it's it's only ever uh i mean it's it's mentioned <clears throat> more more um Intentionally in mm-hmm. sermon thirty-seven,
0: right? Yeah, uh, and, and the love letter of the, from the fifth era, I think, is uh,
2: yeah, 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 and, and so I can't the later iterations, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure the word amaranth probably pops up somewhere.
1: The in love
0: letters, six lessons, I think, who was the love letter. I think
1: it pops up when he's talking about uh, some of the ways of reaching heaven.
0: Yeah, love letter from the fifth era was written. Uh, in 2010
1: god over a decade old
0: wow. uh no wait no the article about the love letter from the feira was, was 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 uploaded to the Imperial Library on the on in on June 2010. I don't know when the actual post was written um oh here it is uh September 12 2005 oh, so wow. uh yeah um but, well, so. it, was, it- so Morrowind came out 2002, so it was only a few years later after Morrowind came out, and uh, one assumes that Kirkbride was writing the 36 Lessons in 2001 to 2002, I think, um, or yeah, maybe even yeah, earlier.
2: I mean, I mean, it was he. He said he had a deadline <clears throat> on it because he <clears throat> he had to <clears throat> he had to write like what 50 books or something for
0: uh, 40, like, or 50, it might have been 50. Yeah, he was yeah, contracted, and, and he, his original intention was to write 40 lessons of Vivek. Um, yeah 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 and he only uh, managed 36 <laughs> in one week yeah well when, when
2: he's he said the the biggest struggle was trying to figure out how to how to weave in the the skill buffs that mm-hmm. they gave from because mm-hmm. uh each book had todd, to have something
0: to do with it yeah
2: todd howard had given him you know so many uh you know skill books to to, to work from um uh, you know you have to you have that this many skill books need this skill this skill this skill and this skill um. And uh, yeah, and that's that's why I like the, the sermon of of the mace is a thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, also yeah. the the symbolism works pretty well, but um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um. He's, so he's, mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. That, uh, mm-hmm. So sermon nineteen uh uh takes place after this moment when I would argue that Vivek is looking for. Um, where Vivek, Vivek is kind of, uh, I'm gonna say, struggling with this revelation. Um, or getting get, getting good with it, basically. <laughs> uh, making his making her peace. Uh, Vivek put on his armor and stepped into a non spatial space, filling to capacity with mortal interaction and information, a canvasless cartography of every single mind it has ever known, an event that had developed some semblance of a divine spark. So. Uh this is the um this is a sort of a description of the state of Chim.
2: Yeah, that's what I was getting to. Um
0: it's what Vivek calls the provisional house. Uh but the provisional house is technically something that Vivek built at in in that state. Um and uh, Hold on, does he did
2: did Vivek say that the provisional house and the god place are the same thing? I can't recall in mm.
0: that
2: conversation because when when you have a conversation with Vivek in uh in test three, uh
0: Yes, he says something that, about how he goes into a a state a god place. Well,
2: yeah. yeah, it's like he, here in the waking world I'm I'm mm-hmm. sitting and talking with you, mm-hmm. but when I'm asleep in, in the the sleeping part of me, I'm very, very busy. Yeah. And, and, and that is, that is the God place.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, I, when I die here, it's just like falling asleep. All I have mm-hmm. to do is choose to wake up.
0: Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> yeah. And that's the, um,
2: which Some is interesting because
0: yeah, it is good, <laughs> but it, it's interesting because Vivek says like, you know, I, I think that probably is the God place he's describing is probably the state of chim because uh, as we know from the love letter from the fifth era, Chim exists after mortal death. It's a state after it or mm. beneath it, sort of. Um, sure. uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, Hendriss. It, it's it's like he's turning on, like, or, or achieving the state. Um, the it, mm. it, Chim aligns pretty closely with Gnosis um, and, if you like, Enlightenment. It's a state that you attain and maintain for as long as you can, but it's not a guaranteed thing. And it's a and and like the symbol of chim, it's very hard to hold on to. It's hard to perceive. Um, It's uh, I I used to go on and on. I still do go on and on and on about flow states, and the problem with flow states and uh, is that they have a tendency to dissipate the second you realize you're doing them, Um, and uh, the more aware of them you become. The more difficult it is to maintain it it's sort of like if you've ever if you've ever been trying to fall asleep and you've had a moment where you realize you're about to fall asleep and then you wake up i
1: like, hate that yeah i yeah, fucking hate that
0: yeah that's a lot like what it's like it's 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 like a constant fight of trying to um reach a point where the mm. moment you realize you've reached it you can't be in it anymore it's a, it's a huge um, pain in my ass.
1: <laughs> a, an, another one that's, that's kind of happened um, to me. I don't know if anyone else can, can relate. And this is sort of a, a two-parter thing. Um, sometimes when I'm dreaming, I will like be in a lucid dreaming state uh, and then kind of take control of the dream for my own fun. Like I remember one time I was just like kind of trapped in a warehouse. So I'm like, well, fuck this. I'll just fly. And it was like, oh, wait, no, can't do it. I'm like, okay, fine. No, stop, focus, fly. Okay. Well, I'm levitating, but that works. Okay. And mm-hmm. then I started flying for real Z. And I was like, hey, I'm flying. This is neat. And then a part of it was like, wait, that shouldn't be happening. And then I woke up. I'm like, God damn it, God i was damn having it. Fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I was mm-hmm. right there. I was mm-hmm. having fun. And I was aware of that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, damn you. And then the second um part of that is um I remember watching like a kind of mini documentary or mini docuseries about dreams and the waking world, the sleeping world, and people's perceptions. Um, there's this one guy who was talking about how he sort of found this really interesting uh, space between being awake and being asleep where he could recognize he was in that sort of transitory space and tried to focus on uh, imagining an object in his hand. It could be, you know, just something like, you know, an, an apple, I think was, was the, the analogy he used, or, you know, a baseball or something. It it could be anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like a a dagger, if you want Mm -hmm. Uh, just focusing on an object. And so he found that as he focused sort of more on that, he could feel, slipping back into a dreamlike state, but then also um, waking up, he could feel it dissipate. And so there was this push and pull of the, the tangibility of this entirely unreal Mm -hmm. object because he was in that, you know, transitory or almost liminal space between being awake and asleep where, and yet still in control enough that he was consciously able to recognize that and sort of push and pull against that. And I thought that was very neat. And that also kind of reminds me of, um, the, the, the concept of, of what we're talking about. Um another way of recognizing it is uh I forget the exact term because like I always screw this up of if it's um because like nirvana is a state of like oh it's like a final <sighs> unity but then there's like a state before that where you come to the realization of everything. So it's like your first step before full kind of unification with divinity and all that. And I can never remember what that term is. And what pisses me off about that is that I know I mentioned it in one of these episodes back in the day. Um,
0: And now it's gone.
1: Yeah. And, and, and like, I I think also like this is sort of what leads to some of the bodhisattvas in, in Buddhism is um, they're enlightened, but they're still retaining their connection to this world to Mm -hmm. educate people. And so Mm -hmm. they're in that kind of state of, Ah, I understand. I must tell the other people about this while I'm in this state. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of neat. Um, like, I want to say Samsara, but I think no, I think Samsara is the actual cycle.
0: Yes, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. So then I can't remember. I'm, the, I'm going to go find this out now.
0: It, is it? Hold on, Sams. Shit. I, I have to. I have to Google this. <laughs> yes, it is the indefinite. Repeated cycles, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what you're trying to escape if, as a Buddhist, yeah. Um, yeah,
2: or okay. or uh, like to, to piggyback off of what Hendris is saying here. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been like driving,
0: yeah, that's and a good you're example. Going, you're mm-hmm.
2: you're going you're going somewhere, and you're just kind of in your mind, but you're driving, and it's like you're you're on autopilot.
0: Mm-hmm. right you're, you're making decisions like stopping at stoplights and staying in your lane and etc yeah, yeah. you're I not asleep but yeah but mm-hmm.
2: but you're not you're not there it's mm-hmm. it's it's an autopilot kind of thing yes yeah, that's, that's what i think you know it's oh it's three it's three a.m again yeah. play i let Skyrim for seven seven hours because
0: <laughs> it's did <Skyrim, laughs> i get to the grocery yeah.
2: store so quick it's, yeah
0: <laughs> i had to drag my ass out of hogwarts legacy a half an hour ago because i was like i was i was way too up in that game and uh like i just had to pull myself out of it like uh, it hurt it hurt a little um it definitely it definitely scratches that skyrim itch of exploring and uncovering things but uh the loot is butt cheeks um anyway uh okay
1: so i think i found the term mm-hmm, i'm still mm-hmm. a little unsure about it but i think the term that i was thinking of is moksha
0: Oh yeah, that Which sounds familiar. Which is Hindu
1: because that's like the liberation from the cycle of samsara, mm-hmm, and
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think nirvana itself is the state of divinity. But moksha is the actual action of like, ah, I've achieved the freedom and liberation. I think, if memory serves me correctly.
0: So, uh, let's see. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna explain like the exact like verbiage here. Um, the non spatial space is uh, in, in the New Orleans School. I write like a whole freaking like two pages worth of text about this because I was trying to talk about the n- sort of nested nature of dimension, multidimensional physics, and the way that dimensions exist out like that uh, that uh, encapsulate the ones below it, um, but technically don't surround them it's just an added layer of detail if you will uh and uh multi-dimensional physics is really really complex and it is never anything that i'm ever going to be like knowledgeable enough to to actually speak up speak authoritatively about um that's something that people spend their whole lives doing uh my my dad was a particle physicist and so everything that i know about um, and by, by which I mean, he was a nuclear physicist. And so everything I know about, um, radiation and so on, I've learned from him and he would, and at one point or another, I was asking him many years ago about, um, like how to explain, um, multidimensional physics. And he's like, Christ, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> he's got a He's got a doctorate in this shit. And he's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's really, it's, it, he was able to, he was able to give me some information on it, but for the most part, he's like, this is really, really awfully complicated stuff. But the way, one way to think about it is that um, uh, a, a good example would be when Mervin's Dagon opened the doors to Oblivion and uh, opened the doors to the gateways to the Deadlands. I mean, no, uh, the, uh, um, not the Deadlands. Uh, that's Ball. Um Chat. What's Baron's take on?
1: i not thing. Was Cold Harbor?
0: Oh, it is. It yeah. is. deadlines It is a Deadlands. Um, yeah. Yeah. when he opens up the uh the portals to the Deadlands in cyrodiil they open all over the place, and that's because the uh Syridil obli- uh, exists as a subdimension of Oblivion, which means that Oblivion is everywhere around cyrodiil <clears throat> Um, it it it's it when you open a portal to Oblivion, it you don't go up or down, you just change attributes you know uh deadlines stay on yeah any world well, a little bit yeah. um,
1: um and uh sorry i found actually um curiously enough through wikipedia um, a good explanation of like nirvana and and moksha and mm-hmm. i was wrong my apologies i had them kind of mixed up ah. um nirvana a concept common in buddhism is accompanied by the realization that all experienced phenomena are not self While moksha, a concept common in many schools of Hinduism, is acceptance of self, or the soul, realization of liberating knowledge, the consciousness of oneness with Brahman, all existence, and understanding the whole universe as the self. Nirvana starts with the premise that there is no self. Moksha, on the other hand, starts with the premise that everything is the self. There is no consciousness in the state of nirvana, but everything is one unified consciousness in the state of moksha. So there we go. That's interesting.
2: And doesn't Nirvana have to do with transcending the uh, reincarnation cycle? Isn't that, or am I thinking of isn't Moksha the
1: same thing? So okay, so so Nirvana and Moksha Hmm. are similar in that they represent a a liberation from the world of suffering or the cycle of Samsara. Um, That is a common attribute. It's I think what this thing is saying in terms of the difference is how the various schools because Nirvana is a Buddhist thing, whereas Moksha is a Hindu thing is it differs in perceptions of the self and one's place in the universe. So the Uh idea is that with, with Buddhism and Nirvana, there is no self. You are merely ego as part of a a total of everything, you know, the, the atoms and energy and Uh all that. Uh, Whereas Moksha is uh, the acceptance of yourself and acquiring similar kind of liberating knowledge, um, but that you are also one with Brahman. So it's like, you are one with brahman brahman is one with you and it's all one with everything and that's the concept of of atman returning to to the one the totality of all existence um but there still appears to be an element of self to that whereas it seems at least like what they're trying to to imply in in that little uh paragraph um is that with buddhism it's that no there there, there is no self whereas with hindu with uh, hinduism and moksha it seems like there is some self, but it's tied to everything else. So it's kind of getting to a, a murky gray area. But of course, there are probably religious people who would say they're very different and distinct things mm-hmm. that should not be convoluted Mm-mm. for a variety of
0: reasons. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm thinking a, a good phrase kind of to join the two is um, we are the universe experiencing itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah something like that like it kind of kind of blends both ideas
0: a little bit. um but yeah that's it's um, interesting so uh so yeah so i went on into great detail about this uh and oh i brought up asmodian flight um what the heck yeah uh Asmodeus is a spiritual entity or demon associated with many cultures, including Persia, Hebrew, and even into classical Europe. Voltaire and a number of writers make mention of him, and Shakespeare even uses a portrayal of him as King Lear, or make, uh, make a portrayal of him in King Lear as the familiar Modo, Demon Gentleman of Murder. He is thought to be he's thought to be able to be invoked to allow someone to rise up and see into their neighbor's houses, not by giving the x-ray vision. Wow, I fucked that sounds up. But by taking them into a place, usually up where they can see through the ceiling or through or around walls and corners, which sounds familiar, which sounds similar to experiencing extra-dimensional awareness. Uh, I see an awareness from a higher dimension may allow you to see through things that were previously obscured from sight, like seeing into the interior of a 2D blueprint. That's a very badly written paragraph. I should have redone that. <laughs> um quick no cut nope. take number 2 all right no nope. nope. um so uh, a a non-spatial fa- space filling to capacity with mortal interaction and information a canvasless cartography of every single mind it has ever known so uh well, i like
2: the the non-spatial space yeah bit because it, it 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 sounds contradictory
0: but it's, i think yeah. of
2: i i think of <clears throat> that scene in uh the last samurai uh, where mm-hmm. where uh, tom cruise is trying to trying to learn how to how to sword fight and uh he keeps getting his ass beaten and and the one dude he says he says you 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 mind your opponent you mind the people you you mind the children no mind
1: mm-hmm. no mind mm-hmm. Just
2: clear your mind stop thinking so much that's
0: mm-hmm.
2: a non-spatial space kind of uh uh you know be full of nothing mm-hmm. as it were <laughs>
1: By the way, I would like to point out to people, it's like, yeah, we're Chris said at the, at the top of this, yeah, we're probably not gonna take too long. And yeah. meanwhile, we're one sentence in
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're one sentence and we've already been a half an hour on this. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so um
1: Oh, I love this.
0: I don't like, know if other like people are. Straw- yeah, this. Owen. Yeah, I know. Where, where's Commander Riker when you need him? Uh so the what Vivek is describing here is what's called in the Uh, love letter from the fifth era. A uh, it's this is the uh uh shit uh flew right out of my head. This is the uh state gradient echo of Mundus Centrex. This is the the state gradient echo is a two dimensional slice or a canvasless cartography um of Mundus Centrex, which is the information hub of a information system. It's the hub, the 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 storage the the center point of of knowledge. Of an information system, so spoke it's spoke of
2: the wheel, you might
0: say. Uh, it, it's eh. it's the it's the eh. point through which all information flows and then then is, is redistributed. It's not quite the same thing. It's um, the CPU. Yeah, and uh. and so what this is is it's a map of the mind of Mundus, and uh and so that's what next de- describing here is this uh this state of understanding the. The map of every single mind it has ever known. So, what? So, when you ask, when people ask, like, what is Chim exactly? Like, what do you get from it? Um, Chim is just the understanding of the state of being of every single consciousness in Mundus, possibly before and since.
2: Yeah, something um, I, I I used to say on Tesla all the time was, "Chim mm-hmm. is not a superpower."
0: Yeah, that's exactly. not what
2: it is. It it's it's much more nuanced, yeah, and and uh, cerebral than than all of that.
0: Yeah, it's it's not the ability to just will things into existence. Um, to do that requires additional power. Uh, for example, T. Receptum used his ability to understand the state of the universe to shout Cyrodiil into a forest, um, or he didn't, and uh, and that's kind of the. Uh, a, a, a similar thing with Vivek is that Vivek is able to do the things that he does because of the power that he gained through the Heart of Lorkhan, mm-hmm. uh by just simply declaring herself a god. It's a uh, it, it, Chim is just a um, is the, is the the battle plan. It's the blueprint. It's the yeah. way he plans out how I, how things are going to work. Yeah.
2: I always thought of it like the the heart was kind of. Uh, a stepping stool, mm-hmm. so to speak, to get to, mm-hmm. to Kim, at, at least in Vivek's in case. Sure. Um, because it, it it granted the wisdom to mm-hmm. to really think about those existential
0: and, concepts. And theoretically, um, it's not really as cut and dry as this, but sure. neither Amaleksia or Sothisil, or for that matter, Dagothur, who were all empowered by the heart of Lorcan, mm-hmm. none of them achieved Kim. Yeah. Not even Dagother who got close, but didn't didn't quite pull it off.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, hello
1: Sharma. We,
2: we 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 get into mm-hmm. the whole uh, anti Kim mm-hmm. thing,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: I
2: think that was that was a uh, uh, ice That Star was a time. I think yeah, that's I, an ice it, an I, was it creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, and 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 a he, great
0: way to phrase it. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> he told me he regrets coming up with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's very, it's a very handy way of explaining I mean, kind of it's, where it's, the difference between Dagothor and Vivek. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when good. we, when we,
2: when we talk about Dagothor <clears throat> and his relationship to, to the heart and, and Kim and, and all those <sighs> concepts, uh, anti Kim absolutely comes up. And I said, mm-hmm. this isn't necessarily the truth. This is just a way that people think about it. <clears throat> yeah, um, exactly. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if, if Kim is a, a moving goalpost. For for different people, um, because Vivek is who Vivek <clears throat> is, it it was a a clearer target than for Amalacia sure. or so- so. Yeah, because uh, Vivek was mastery
0: and and you know and and attempting to bridge the 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 to be the bridging point between two opposites. Yeah, yeah. was it easier yeah. for her to reach than? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because yeah, I mean, if 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 we think about you know, love is under my will only. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. Sounds like it could apply to Almalexia as well. She is the is the, the healing mother, and love comes from her, and mm-hmm. she loves people, But she's so narcissistic at the same time, <laughs> because for her that love is just a just a way to stroke her own ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and but at the same time, isn't that the same as Vivek? I don't.
1: So, I
0: mean, there's, there's an,
2: argue, yes, there's an argument to be made the, there. The difference what here is, is it, that.
0: The difference, theoretically, is that Vivek understands, as as he has said before, I give this to you as a gift, which has all th- uh, which are, as all things, a gift for myself. Yeah. Uh, well, v- well, Vivek at least understands the unity of all existence. Sure. So, and, Almalexia and, does not. And, and the, the, the more that I think <clears throat> about it, I, I remember the conversation with
2: Sothasil that we have at the end of Clockwork City in ESO, um, when he's, he's discussing the differences between them. He says that lectia is truly a better liar than Vivek is because she believes her own lies complicitly. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, that's the difference. Um, she, she is misled by her own lies. She can't see the truth and therefore can't attain capital L love and enforce her will upon it. Um, whereas Vivek mm-hmm. can see the barrier between truth and fiction and can straddle it as, as, as he wishes.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the, yeah. Um, But that's also the reason why Vivek doubts, which is what we learned from sermon 18 is that Vivek has to be aware of the lie that Z is telling. Yeah. Which is not something that Amalexia can be capable of. Mm -hmm. Amalexia can't doubt herself because she is entirely that, that, you know, that, or the, 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 the thing that she is, she's that all the time, and Vivek yeah. has to bounce back and forth between two things. So,
2: yeah, uh, uh, I, <clears throat> I, I agree. Owen. and I would love to see a storyline with Almalexia. Like if Almalexia were involved in the upcoming mm-hmm. Necrom chapter, mm-hmm. that would be. F- I I would mm-hmm. love for her to have. I mean, a more- we technically
1: have the Tribunal expansion, which involves Omalexia, but I know it. Tribunal. She's hardly in it. Uh, uh, I, I, I I know. Yeah. Like there's 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 elements of her at, at play, but it's not like a focal thing. Yeah,
2: I uh, mean, best- even in ESO, you, you get a quest from her, and then you fuck off, and it's yeah, like- it, and
0: you don't see her again. The best part about well, there's a lot of best parts about uh the Clockwork City, but one of the best parts is the fact that the re- part of the reward at the end of the of the whole quest is that you get to sit there and pick off brain, and that's yeah. uh for for lore nerds, that's like that's huge and, and oh, to, that's, to that's a, the holy grail yeah to and get a T-Tuttle similar knew what he was doing oh yeah oh i that totally do was... and yeah. so to get a similar reward for like you know from vivek or like that's what i thought was going to be able to happen i was hoping that was what could happen at the end of um the morrowind expansion was to get a uh was to be able to just sit down and 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 you know drink a cup of coffee with vivek you know um demigods and cars getting coffee that's that would have been nice but we you know uh uh you know whether uh, you can't just drop bar down who's gonna drop bar now? all right and then and, um, and jerry seinfeld is uh, in there just yeah, anyway yeah. yeah uh what is the deal What's with quamma meat what is the deal with quamma meat all right um all right. is it a bug uh, um, is it a steak i don't know all right um so what
1: sorry one one last <laughs> thing i, I want to say to say my piece on jim because everyone else got to rant for here i'm gonna keep my nice and short and simple though um <laughs> For me, the concept of Chim has always been akin to kind of those old uh, game guides that you would get that you <laughs> could buy alongside games, because like mm-hmm. it adds more to the world, it provides more knowledge and context, and also, yeah, cheat codes. So, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me, it's always been kind of like that. Chim is you kind of realizing, like, <laughs> hey, there's something more here, and then finding, you know, through the veil of everything, it's like, yeah, so actually, hey, you basically found the spectral guide to the universe, so yeah. Here's how it works. Here's what the important figures are. Here's the actual secrets. Do with them what you will. And so people are like, huh, okay. Yeah, maybe I'll do a lot with this. Maybe I'll do very little with it. Maybe I'll just fuck off and just study this for a long time now. Like, it's you can do different things with it, which again is kind of ties into Andrew's thing of it's not a superpower. It's more like knowledge, which includes like, if you want to, yeah, here's how you can give yourself a superpower either for a bit or permanently. But like, Here's just the information. Here's I mean, the knowledge. If if
2: if we want to lean into the superhero bit, like the best analogy I can think of is Neo in the Matrix. Neo yeah. achieves Kim. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He is the Hortator. <clears throat> Agent Smith is the Charmat. And, that's, <laughs> and as if oh, that's actually. <laughs> At the end of the little third bit, yeah, movie. actually, yeah, a little bit. He yeah. has he has conquered all of the Matrix. It's
1: Incoming like Matrix Elder Scrolls crossover episode.
0: Mm, mm. I was, was uh, watching I
1: was watching the Matrix last Mister, month. So I was like,
0: Mister Nerevar, <laughs> we missed you. Yeah,
2: it, that oh, is God. the sound of inevitability.
0: <laughs> But how are you able oh. to use the console code if you are unable to speak? All right.
1: Does does that mean that like the last bastion of uh humanity would just be called Tatterdemalion instead of Zion?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's make it happen. Let's
1: make it happen. Oh, I God. want this to happen.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Uh, uh, all right, new get,
0: project. Somebody, get, somebody, get, somebody's gonna like whip up some AI to do the voices. yeah,
2: like, and then, yeah. what if Dagger? What if Dagger? You one? are like the plague, and, and I,
0: I, I am the cure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Whoa! Oh, hey, to the
0: somebody's gonna get banned. Of me. <laughs> Someone got bingo. Ban? Nope. Dang. Ban Right. um so uh let's see uh he said from here I shall I shall launch my attack on the eight monsters because again there's only eight now uh Vivek saw that the moths would uh, Vivek then saw the moths that would come from the starry Heart bring with them dust more horrible than the Ash of Red Mountain so this is um the starry Heart is uh, uh it's been called other things before, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be Cyrodiil. Yeah. Um, uh, moths are largely used to represent the ancestors of the uh, of of Sirod.
2: No, I think the, the starry heart is Tamriel itself.
0: Oh, that's right. No, it is. Yes, you're right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Wait,
0: what? But I thought um, Tamriel. It was Dawn's beauty. I think it's that too.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean it's. Multiple names for Lorcan's uh, uh, Plan of Oblivion.
0: Uh. <laughs> hmm. um, bringing with him Dustmore Hubble and the Ash of the Red Mountain, he saw the twin head of a ruling king who had no equivalent. This is, of course, Timur Septim. Uh, and eight imperfections rubbed into precious stones, set into a crown that looked like shackles, which he understood to be the twin crowns of the two headed king. So um, that's, that's, of course, the, the eight Adra. The crown is. Uh, probably the royalty of Tiber Septim. But you I think it's possible to make an argument here that this has something to do with the Amulet of Kings. But the Amulet of Kings Ooh. is really more closely associated with one of the Aedra, specifically Akatosh. Yeah, okay. So no, I don't I, know I can, if that holds up. I can up.
1: explain this. I can uh-huh. explain this. Um, the, the, the dual crown of the king is <gasps> to represent both the Mundrial crown of ruling all of Tamriel as its one true king uh, or emperor, rather, but also to be the ruling king of the greater metaphysical world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's how I've always interpreted that message about the, the dual mm-hmm.
0: um, and And a river that fed into the mouth of the two-headed king because he contained multitudes. I'm not entirely sure what the river is supposed to be. I think it is possible that the river might just be like a metaphor for incredible power. Um no. or the souls of um uh, no. what you're thinking memory. Yeah, no, I mean, that, no, 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 well, no, 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 no,
1: no, no, It's it's not that at all. Um, mm-hmm. okay, so uh there's a thing, and again, like this is why we really need <clears throat> to get more like actual Hindu people on here so that I can stop just like posting what I vaguely remember from what I've picked up from people over the years. But I think there is something in Hinduism that says that um the, the reason why like Shiva has certain knots and like dread uh dreadlocks in his hair. Um, is that they also hold uh, the waters through which all knowledge flows. Mm, mm-hmm. So that could sort of tie into mm-hmm. memory. Um, and that's me going on my Hinduism bullshit again. But uh, <laughs> the other thing is that the multitudes, there's also uh, conveniently that um, uh, that river, the the Niben, mm-hmm. that flows to the heartland of Cirodal, and that's the heart okay. of the continent. And mm-hmm. you have um, the, the white gold tower, which around it were, were built... Um, the various spokes of the wheel in mimicry of adamantia mm-hmm. at the center mm-hmm. wheels within wheels the world that contains multitudes that's why i've always made that connection
2: yeah. something okay. i do want to point out though which is i i was really disappointed when i realized this imperial city doesn't have eight spokes
0: no it don't yeah i know <laughs> Yeah, it has, it
2: has six and then mm-hmm. it has the waterfront and the prison
0: <laughs> and yeah. that's
2: the that's, that's
0: i mean the, hey. split enough and that counts sort of good Got bingo! Congrats!
1: Hey,
0: there's oh, Todd. Howard. 20, 20, 20. Mm-hmm. you?
1: win an internet cookie. <laughs>
0: uh, so Vivek then built the provisional house at the center of the secret door. This is remember. This is the secret door at the altar of Padme in the House of Boethia. This is Vivek's um, uh, 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 another metaphor for Chim. Um, it's the uh, it's it's a uh, a location and a state as we've. Uh, as we've already covered. Um, one thing that people have asked me before, and I don't know if I ever had a, good, a decent answer for them, is, is the provisional house a plane of oblivion created by Vivek? And I can't <laughs> really argue too strongly for or against it. I I, I think that's a an interesting I, thought. I think it's missing the point. I, it might be, but it might not be. It's like, I'll, I'll put yeah. it to you this way. It, it's because the reason why I like it is because I like the idea of the Daedric princes attaining a state similar to Chim that allows them to create a reality of their own as though they are Amaranths themselves. But it's not, but because it lacks the true purity of the state of Chim and the purity of the, of the, uh, uh, an is required to form the, uh, mm. the, uh, uh, the Amaranth. It doesn't have the same properties, it's still subject to the law of the dreamer of Anu. Um and uh and, and as a result, when the when the Kalpa cycles, so will the Plains of Oblivion and et cetera, which the the Amaranth dream is probably immune to.
1: Um yeah, I've always kind of interpreted the, the Provisional House as it relates to the concept of the house of we. Mm -hmm. and so that's more of like the realization of you know that the house being all of existence so the provisional Mm -hmm. house is you're Mm -hmm. setting up the structures for your own dream and existence rather than like a realm Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. that's how i've always interpreted
0: that yeah and 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 felix is uh reading this from the ganges river is supposed to flow from shiva in hinduism oh is it And that's part of why it's holy, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, uh, Felix points out, in chat, points out that um, uh, Vivek is building, theoretically is building the uh, provisional house in an area from a dimension that already exists, whereas Amaranth mm, probably can be said to exist outside of the dream, or is another layer below the dream, and therefore not part of it. It's, It's hard to say. Um yeah, Hendricks. Yeah. The the, 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 a new Kalpa will as we know from, uh, of, uh, uh, like I think used to be the, uh, used to be, uh, uh, the ruler, the ruling king of the, of, of Tamriel as a great big fuck off drag. Um, yeah. And well, well, back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it would also explain variations on Alduin, for example, <clears throat> uh, not Salt- call. <clears throat> Salt-
0: um,
2: and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, that may have been Alduin from the past Kalpa. He still ate the world, still did his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just we just call him Alduin now.
0: Um, yeah, the, the Nords have the idea that only one God survives when when the Kalpa comes around. I, I like to think that that's that they've kind of got half the truth there and that it's really. um, It's it's that they have. uh. I, I guess I I, I don't know that like they're 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 kind of half right like uh that they, they've perceived only one god at a time but um I I just have the suspicion that it's more than just one um I yeah. think it's I a mean lot. if
2: if we take all beliefs into account if the the all maker mm-hmm. uh, is the all maker
0: yeah, yeah skull maker. yeah mm-hmm.
2: um and and that I think is supposed to be sure uh. Jonathan Burnson has a has a mm-hmm. good uh, a good argument for it being sure. and so mm. I've always gone based on that.
0: I kind of had this impression that it was just really underdeveloped. <laughs> like they, I mean, they uh, called uh, it yeah, the, uh, the All Maker, and they were like, "That's all the work I'm doing."
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like we need something that sounds like Odin but isn't Odin. So right. not All Father, no, All All Maker. All Maker, yeah. ah. all right. Yeah.
2: Well, well, there's, there's there's the All Maker and the adversary, and I think the adversary is Ald, as in the psychopomp of Akatosh and right. Alduin and and yeah. and you know the I dragon. I the main man,
1: antagonist yeah. was um the 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 woodland the, man.
2: The, the woodland man is, yeah, is the man one of the of forest them too yeah. You know? That's, yeah
1: yeah man of the forest yeah.
2: which which I like to I like to uh apply a sea based interpretation of that mm-hmm. so he becomes the uh the driftwood man and he uh, resides in his libraries of kelp. Celt-
1: Speaking of I, 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 saw I, I did that for the slow. I did
2: that for the slowed. For the slowed.
0: Uh, oh, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> we should yeah. probably get on with the sermon, though. <laughs> yeah. Of the house it is written. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. So uh, Vivek builds the provisional house. And then, um, as Kirkbride put it, Vivek is then answered with this poem. Uh, Cornerstone one has a finger buried under, pointing through dirt, slow, low in the ground. North cannot be guessed, and yet it is spirit free. Corner t- Cornerstone two has a tongue, and even dust can be talkative. Listen, and you will see the love the ancient libraries need. Cornerstone three has a bit of string shaped like your favorite color. A girl remembers who left it there, but she is afraid to dig it out and see what it is what it is attached to. Cornerstone, Cornerstone four has nine bones removed carefully from a black cat, arranged in the fashion of this word, protecting us from our enemies. Um. All oh, right, there's a lot to unpack. So, uh, so, and then Vivek has told your house is safe now, and uh, but the but the problem is that because Vivek doesn't fully understand or want, or has not yet fully embraced her destiny um the answer is so why is it like so what like so why you know like it's a, it's a it's an unfinished thought it's it's a doubt it's a it's uncertainty and uh and that's kind of uh Vivek achieves in some way what Zia sought out to do, yet experiences fear in the new safe place. Relevant here is the quote from more on the sigic Endeavor. One one that knows Chim observes the tower without fear, more so he resides within. Vivek has made a special seat to reside within the tower, but is not quite completely without fear. The armor Z wears may just as well be a cloak to hide her subconscious insecurities, as well as something to aid Vivek in conquering them. Overcoming that insecurity is one facet of the many-sided key that is needed to unlock the final gate, and it might have been the only facet Vivek needed to solve, but couldn't. Um, this is the this is sort of the uh, four corners, just like the four Daedra. Yeah, uh, a lot of people have made that connection. I'm not saying there's not a connection there, but I can't really get a firm grasp of it. Um, I, I, I've 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 rolled it around in my head a lot, and I haven't been able to get. I haven't reached a conclusion that I was satisfied with. I'm not saying that there isn't one there. I just can't. I can't get there. Um, and dust
2: dust and mouth thing
0: is that uh yeah i thought it was too but to to be honest with you i think the reason why the poem exists in the way that it does is because i think uh kirkbride just kind of wrote something that he liked that wasn't supposed to make any sense and uh looked good you know looked pretty we should ask and i did and (laughs) uh the answer i got back was almost as cryptic as the (laughs) poem itself (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Lots of curtain laughs> ride. Yeah. and uh and i didn't press him on it because i was like this is this is the way he wants to answer i'm not going to like i keep hearing i keep hearing nerevar saying you know do not betray your an- your nature answer as you will and so like that, that's every time i ask him a question I'm, and i get a, a weird ass answer i i usually don't press him on it i just go he's going to give me what he's happy with and and i should you know and i should read it into or i should i should misinterpreted as i can <laughs> um did, and,
2: did uh <clears throat> did we did we answer the question mm, oh
0: uh, uh, about that four corners but yeah well yeah that's uh yeah. so i i did think that it might have had something to do with the house like as in like the house of troubles and uh-huh. at one point or another uh I, I had um uh i had uh um i i had uh buckney boss going through the uh um, going through the whole uh the whole like corpus of uh, Thelema looking for a definition of a house, and um, we uh, the two of us did not really reach a very satisfactory conclusion, and I think part of it was that we were looking at the wrong material. I uh uh, uh Crowley does mention houses, and uh uh before. In, in his in some of his texts, but I think that what was happening was he was referring to houses from a mystical st- interpretation of Egyptian culture. Uh, the the uh, it, uh, the the English translation, or I should say, the what is it? The is it Greek or Latin translation of Egyptian? So you go from from ancient Egypt to ancient Egyptian language to. Uh, whatever it was, Greek, Greek uh, probably, and I mean, then a- and then into English.
2: Yeah, it's like and, T- Ptolemaic Egypt, right? Be, uh, yeah.
0: During that translation of during that that mess of translating words and meanings, there are the word "house" in English has a lot of different interpretations in uh, in Egyptian. And not the least of which is there's a actually a, a shape in the Egyptian written language structure called a house, which is used to encapsulate names and in Egyptian mysticism, supposedly. Okay. Very, very edged edged fringes of my knowledge here. Okay. So like uh, I might as well just say outright that what I'm about to say is bullshit because that's, that's (laughs) how, that's how little, how how very little confidence I have in what I'm about to say. But, but if I recall correctly and I probably don't, this house is, uh, something explained in Egyptian mysticism as a, uh, uh, as a, a, a metaphor, a metaphor for a, uh, a, like, um, a, a, a magical concept of like a, uh, a, 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 a grouping or a, a, a collection of, um, it's like belief or magic or I can't remember exactly it, but it's, it, uh, I remember that it was important for a magician in the Lemma to establish a house, which does not have to be actually a physical house. It could be a room or um, like a shed in the backyard or something. And the parallels between this and a wizard's tower, in the sense of like the place that a magician goes to meditate and study and practice, it's almost the same thing the way it was described. It's the, the place in which a magician. Uh hey Baka. hi Stella. Um and uh hi uh two of my favorite people. Never see you guys often enough. Um and it's a uh and, and it's this place where uh a magician is it's all it's a sacred, holy place where the magician is able to feel uh um taken safe and protected and uh looked after, you know, to use a a Vivek term. And it's a uh it it's the establishment of that house is what Vivek is doing here. It's the place where Z is allowed to perform her um her study, her meditation, her evolution, you know. But in the process of securing that house, instead of getting the feeling of security that a magician is supposed to feel, of uh protection, uh Z instead gets this Feeling of confusion of why, you know, um, why is it not what I thought it was going to be? Why is it not? Why? Why? Why is it confusing? Why? Why is it this poem? <laughs> you know, um, in the case of the four corners of the house of troubles, to rewind all the way the fuck back to how I got onto this, um, that the 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 term house is again used to apply to a grouping of, you know, a, a, or a collection, a, a club you know um so it doesn't necessarily have to be the same thing but in oh but if you squint real fucking hard it is the same thing and uh and kind of managing to curve your head around this this uh th- this weird amalgamation of concepts is one of the reasons why studying thlema and egyptian magic is so fucking weird it's because the the culture and the language is the the, the culture is very um distant from western culture and the language has been through so has been just mauled from so many different, you know, uh, interpretations that it's almost impossible to, um, yeah. to, it's, to, it's, to, read the, the full expanse of meaning. You know, It's
2: one of the, one of the fueling things of, of like Orientalism.
0: Yeah. Um, is people just misinterpreting know. and misunderstanding things and, and thinking that, uh, yeah, well,
2: know. the, the idea that it's exotic and, uh, um, you know, strange from a mm-hmm. far away place and, mm-hmm. You know, it kind of a, a, appeals to the um, the colonizer in yeah. in the you know, um, like uh, I, I went to see Sigmund Freud's house in London once, and he had he collected a lot of Egyptian artifacts. He had just loads of stuff, and I don't know if he was allowed to have those, or Ooh, if I mean that. <laughs> Should that museum give those back to like the museum in Cairo?
1: I mean, I don't know. Well,
2: then there's there's
1: a whole subject around that, but um, yeah, yeah, to to be fair, like for a while, Egyptian stuff was literally the most popular thing in society, especially as they were finding mummies. So it was kind of just like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, just take like, it, buy this stuff, whether it's authentic or not. Like, from, like from just, Egypt. Just so-
2: before just before the Great Depression. <clears throat> like, like like in the Gilded Age. That's when uh there was a lot of uh you know, like King Tut's tomb. That was in like nineteen fifteen, something like that.
1: So basically there's a thirty year period of like well, actually, you know what? In a way, you could make an argument for more than a 30-year period, but really there's like a 30-year height of a period where it was like at, at its most popular. Um, but yeah, uh, e- Egypt and its fascination started, of course, with the early advent of colonialism and also with Napoleon going there. And so that sort of helped kick off some of it. And then eventually the building of the Suez Canal and British imperialism, and building the empire. Um but as as Chris was saying about you know or, orientalism and stuff, it 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 was always this thing um, that really was kicked off um, with uh, the Ottomans and the earliest parts of the Age of Discovery when the Ottomans cut off trade to um, uh, to the West from uh, Eastern overland routes, which is why Portugal went around Africa and why the Spanish tried to sail to the new sail around the planet and accidentally bumped into um, the Americas. It's all it's all because the Ottomans, baby. But um, yeah. Uh, the 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 main um point of all this is that what ends up happening is these these various ties through trade that you get from like the Renaissance through the Ottomans through you know, the Age of Discovery and everything. It's it's always something new from the East because everyone kind of grown tired of the same crap. So this is why things like chinoiserie uh, start showing up in um, parts of France where they're even though it's not authentic. They're making furniture in mimicry of what they've seen in China or what was imported from China. It's the same from um, Egypt. and people started copying various architectural styles, but like in their own kind of way, uh, fashion trends in their own kind of way, like all these different things had had an impact without any real care or knowledge about the culture. They just saw a cool new thing and were like, we want to do that. And that's Mm kind of where a lot of this comes from and why there's no Mm -hmm. actual true knowledge or relevancy because it completely disregarded what the locals thought about it and where those customs, histories, cultures, et cetera, come from. So that's, that's a big part of why, like whether it's Egyptian or, you know, um, uh, from, from India or from China or Japan, like anywhere that's outside of Western Europe, basically, that's that's where a lot of this comes from. And there's no real knowledge about it. And unfortunately, again, due to colonialism, a lot of that has been suppressed in those same local areas. Yep. So even they don't really know. It's kind of more like, oh, no, it's a tradition we do. Hey,
0: eh. yeah, we, we oppress people. <laughs> hey, yeah. Making a business out of what? it. Um, Hendricks. Yeah, it's weeb shit. That's why. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah the original weebs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Pretty kind of. Yeah. A little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, oh, look at this we got from uh, Japan and China. Ooh. Glorious deep on like, steel.
0: <laughs> it's the the, the basically uh, uh, back in the you know during the uh, Orientalism, the markets were basically just uh, stall after stall of mall ninja shit, and then that's which is one of my favorite I mean, subreddits. I highly like, recommend that. <laughs>
1: kind of yeah, mall ninja yeah.
0: Mal ninja yeah. shit. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. Especially from growing up in New Orleans where there were a couple of couple of stores like that in the malls that we had. Uh and uh also one of my favorite um South Park episodes. Where they all go out to a yeah, that they'll go to a mall ninja store and buy crappy and they weapons. Come away and, with, with weapons and, and, and then it turns, it it into, turns into a anime. Anime. Yeah, yeah oh, it's, it's lovely. It's great it's so I love it. So well done. So that's it with body it
1: <laughs> the
2: porch where, she keeps where, bringing
1: back body pillows. <laughs> By the way, we're 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 allegedly an Elder Scrolls podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, well, actually, we're done. We're done with nineteen. Oh. With 19. Um. That oh, was all that of it. it? That's um. The whole thing. Yeah. I told you. There's not really oh. that much to it. A big chunk of the text is that poem, and uh, oh. but but it is also at the same time almost the clearest definition in 36 lessons terms clearest definition of the uh of the state of Chim that you can get. Um, and, uh, so here's, here's a question in general. If you, if you take into, if you consider that the provisional house is at the center of the secret door, uh, and then, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, fuck me running. Look at this. It's, I was talking, I was, I was talking about how I was trying to explain like what a house is. I literally did that in this fucking sermon. Um, Crowley proposed that every being, God, and mortal alike, for he proposed that they were all the same, was comprised of nested houses, each of which was marked by a mystical name. The nesting of these houses is relevant because it is metaphorically similar to the structure of the wheel. Each house is a tower which the thief must infiltrate. Each tower holds within it another tower. The thief, a.k.a. the incarnation, the practitioner, the magician, etc., must infiltrate each house from lowest to highest, or from from the physical being to the solar self. Eventually, at the core, the thief reaches the star, or the inner god. Um, That sounds a
2: lot like an SNS platformer.
1: Sure. (laughs) Go on level to level.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm not
1: disagreeing. It's like, yeah, fine, I guess.
0: Uh, (laughs) um,
1: Also, I do genuinely love how this sermon ends with your house is safe now. So why is it? Your house is safe now. So why is it the ending of the world? It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Off, like,
0: nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, it, it really does end a, on almost, a weird Almost note. like
1: suddenly you're stuck <clears throat> in a cycle. Ah, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah. I, it, I genuinely love that.
0: It's a, uh, it's a, it's, it was one of the weirder sermons. I remember when I first played Morrowind. Uh, and I was reading through the 36 lessons as I found them. I remember reading this book and going, I don't have any fucking idea what is going. Is this was this I was like, is this written by like a was he rolling dice and picking out sentences on a chart or something like, like this? Like
2: like the magnets on a fridge. Right. Yeah. Like make yeah. yeah.
0: It, I was like, I have <laughs> no idea what is going on here. Uh, and and I remember thinking that was kind of one of for me, that was kind of what made Morrowind feel completely unique was the you know the fact that you you know you, you pick up a book and you never know what you're going to get and sometimes sometimes you get a coherent story and sometimes you get what the fuck and that was kind of that kind of made the 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 game more unpredictable and mysterious and and fun you know yeah uh, right so why aren't you happy uh, credits yeah exactly yeah cute yeah. <laughs> always sunny in Philadelphia theme um
1: <clears throat> and, oh I look at that doggy
0: Oh, happy. Uh,
1: happy Dougie. Happy puppy. Yeah. Oh, she
2: can kiss Yeah.
1: So, yeah, but yeah, that's are, 19. Are um, to this, yeah, you, you can't see uh, it, but I has got a very happy Pup. puppy dog.
0: Uh, sermon 20 thing, is actually fairly complex. I'm, I don't think we should go into that today. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll have
1: to say that. <clears throat> uh,
0: but um, yeah, if you guys are interested in the concept of houses, then uh, you've got a lot of digging to do because Crowley didn't write a whole lot about it. And what he wrote, he did not explain. Um, Fucking Crowley. I, well, I, I think that for, in his defense, uh, and I don't often say that phrase in Crowley's defense, um, I, I think he was writing this stuff for people who had already been reading the same crap that he was writing. So that he was right, reading, so a I very mean, small so audience in yeah, yeah, a very, a very small niche audience that was already kind of like his target audience was about as educated on this stuff as he was. Um, huh. and also, I mean, you know, maybe he was being intentionally vague because, Kind of a mysticism. Dick. Yeah, well, well I mean, if, if
2: if you leave things open to interpretation, then when probably never built a really
0: thing. Felix, there's no way in hell Alistair Crowley ever Chad lifted Felix. a fucking hammer. That man has no idea what a Phillips or flathead screwdriver is. <laughs> no idea. <laughs>
1: Oh, no by the idea. way, I have a great little short to show you guys on that notion of like mm. screwdriver heads. That's like one of my favorite online oh. videos.
0: Okay. Well, we'll we'll, yeah, we'll stop yeah, yeah. the cast after, before that happens. After, yeah. Um, so it'll
1: be for the streamers only.
0: There we go. Uh, yeah, so in 2 weeks we'll do this again. I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, yeah, on the 4th of March. Okay.
1: All
0: right. Um, that's for the that best this be. next weekend coming up is going to be a lot of fun for me as I have a new site launching, so I'm not, not going to be around. Uh, so, yeah, fourth of March. And uh, probably was like a mountaineer. He never ham- hammered pittens in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. We have fun here. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. And and he probably had somebody else doing all the work for him. Um, all right. So uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you in two weeks. Everybody, bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I